The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Morning, welcome to Wednesday. We're uh, almost halfway through the week already. How about that? It's uh, the morning drive on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3 and the Double T 97.3 mobile app with Jamie Lent and Brendan Rikers in for Jeff McGuire this week. I'm Chuck Hines. We come to you this morning from the First United Bank studio and look forward to hearing from you today on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double t com for that or the mobile app. The Visual Tech IT hotline is open as well at 806-771-0973. Well, we made it to the end of May. That's good. <laughs> I mean, goodness gracious. Were you worried that you weren't going to make it? Yeah, I was. I was. Oh, okay. I mean, I had, well, I had, I had congratulations. doubts. Congratulations. I had doubts. I mean, it's, uh, you know, yesterday was... Uh, was not the uh, banner day that I was with I was hoping for. Uh, well, today's a new day, and today right? is Wednesday, which right. is the day the work gets right. done. So. No, you're right, and I've, I've got a lot of that that needs to get done, stem to stern. So we're gonna we're gonna see if we can uh, end the, the merry merry month of May on a high note. So feels like uh, about I don't know six months ago that I was saying, "Hey, Jamie, welcome to the merry merry month of May, May Day." You know, and we were spreading all kinds of joy and cheer all throughout the South Plains. Okay. Okay. We're not spreading cheer anymore. We, we are. We are going to spread cheer. It just it just felt like we had. You seems know, like that would be more fun. It seemed like we got uh, a lot in between uh, between May one and May May thirty one, which is where we are uh, today. You know, I was thinking as I was listening to uh, the Sports Center there and all the accomplishments of Ludwig Aberg, and I'm like. And then, you know, thinking about, you know, getting his PGA Tour card, and he's the first one, you know, coming out of college, straight out of college, first one ever to to get a PGA Tour card. And I, I kind of thought to myself, man, did we did we give him enough due yesterday or or was I so disappointed? Not that I'm, you know, know who any of these guys are or, or have ever spoken to him or just, you know, just more than a rooting interest for the for the golf team, but I did I did have disappointment for him. You know, it felt like that there was a lot of meat on the bone. And, and, you know, it's just the way sports is. It's the way life is. It's the way golf is. I mean, you know, you can, you know, sometimes get out of the car and have your best round ever. And sometimes you can be, you know, go to the driving range, have it lessen, get all warmed up, feel like that you're going to, you know, you're going to play this course you're real excited about. And then you shoot 110 or whatever. And, um, but I mean, to, to be the first ever, to get a PGA Tour card, pretty stinking cool. It's pretty stinking cool. I mean, especially when we, you know, we think about, you know, first round draft choice and, and what you had, you know, this past season, uh, what you've had in other seasons, you know, whether it was Mahomes or Crabtree or, and then you look at Josh Young, first round draft choice, you know, and what he's done, and then you had this guy that just walks out of here, you know, his first job is. What was your first job in college? Um, well, right out of school, I got my PGA Tour card. Okay, like, but what did you do before that? No. Like, I got out of school, and I had my card. And, you know, I started playing right away. Now, what happens next will be obviously fascinating, interesting, all those things for him and for us to kind of just watch and go, hey, this guy played here. 
right? It would be good to have somebody to root for. Yeah, right. No, that's exactly right. It'll give you, I think, give you a reason to watch and it'll give you a reason to tune in because, you know, I don't know about you, but, it, you know, I, I look at some of these golf tournaments and I'm like, I mean, I know who the, the big stars are, but then I look at some of these guys and go, yeah, I don't know who any of these guys are. And I, I feel like I used to know, you know, 20 or 30 or 40 golfers deep going, okay, I can root for that guy. I can root for that guy. I know that guy's swing. I know this guy's swing. And I don't know, just maybe just life got in the way of my golf watching. It's a tough deal, man. It's tough deal. The struggle bus, the struggle bus is, um, the struggle bus is real. Uh, Paul says this, good morning, fellas. Let's all have a great day. Agree. Feels like the good guys will wreck them in Gatorland. Um, yeah, no, it, you've got you've got to get past Huskies before you get to Gators, and and do you feel like people are? Or do you have the sense that folks are overlooking Connecticut just because you really haven't heard their name on the baseball landscape before very much? Um, I, that's hard for me to judge. I, I don't. I don't. I guess I'm not talking to that many people, so I don't know who's overlooking who. Mm-hmm. I guess the few people that I talk to know that yeah. the first matchup's going to be tough too. Respect them and all that kind of stuff. Well, just they know that they're the number two seed and you're the number three seed. You're, right. you're the underdog here. Right. No, I think I think if you were to stop a thousand cars out here at uh, 6th and Avenue Q, right in front of the Tornado Memorial, Memorial, and say, hey, how are you feeling about this uh, Tech-UConn matchup? Oh, God, you know, man. Oh, man. UConn, yeah, they're a basketball school, dude. They don't even play football. They're barely. Baseball? They're playing in the Northeast. It snows there. It's cold. How good can they be? And they say, well, oh, by the way, they won 40-something ball games, and they're seated higher than you. Oh, wow. I think, you know, I start to open a little bit. But I think, you know, casual, you know, Joe, Sam, Glenn, you know, Mario, um, Homer, you know, Lubbock guy, you know, all walks of life, you know, captains of industry to the guy that just, you know, when fixes you des- your sink. When you describe this person, mm-hmm. are you basically just referring to yourself? No, I'm just t- trying to get like a, <laughs> an, just an average kind of walking down the street kind of, you know, Joe Lubbock Because you did guy. say the same thing yesterday when mm-hmm. I mentioned UConn. Well, mm-hmm. that'd be a good basketball matchup. <laughs> Well, I think I kind of overlooked them, you know, initially. I think I probably, I'm probably guilty as charged, you know. I mean, I haven't, haven't done a deep dive into their, you know, who their best batter is or what their percentage is with runners in scoring position. Or they have ten uh, graduates on their team. Goodness, now, see, that's why, we, that's why we have you. That's why, that's ten. why we send you to these things. Ten of them. Some yeah. of our grad transfers and some mm-hmm. of them are guys that started and finished there, but ten of them. That's a lot. So not like a lot of guys that just grew up in stores, uh, Connecticut, just aching to be Huskies, right? I don't know how. I don't remember how many stores natives <laughs> were on the team, but I don't think all ten of those guys. Were. Probably, 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 probably not. So they'll, they'll probably be anxious to get to uh, get to Florida and get out and get amongst them there and. And uh, I'll be curious your uh, your take on Gainesville. I've been there once, had a very short stay there, but the baseball stadium is like right across the street from the basketball arena. I mean, like there's barely even a street. I mean, it's it's kind of just a little 
it seemed to me like it was a little two lane road. Um, and then the, uh, I, I can't remember how close the football stadium is to that. I, I think it's, I think it's there kind of in that, in that same vicinity, if memory serves me correct, but, but the basketball arena is like right across the street. Um, you can go over there and I'm sure you'll kind of take a look around things and kind of take a, take your usual Jamie walk and kind of get an assessment of things and evaluate what they have versus maybe what we have. That's kind of, I like, I like kind of to do that and compare and contrast and things like that. Their basketball arena is nothing special. Their baseball stadium looked pretty cool to me. Uh, when I saw it, they were, it was in January and they were, they were, uh, you know, having some kind of camp or something. So, I mean, it was, the weather was nice. Weather was conducive to, to those kinds of things. Uh, good. Yeah. Uh, somebody, I, I see, I think I've been getting some texts here lately um, about, you know, some things that I think people are trying to either troll me or make fun of me or things like that. Like, how's the traffic on the Marsha Sharp freeway? It's okay. Nothing, nothing heavy today. Like yesterday, somebody asked me if I collected baseball cards. I, f- I felt like that was, I felt like that was like some kind of sarcasm. Why? Well, I don't know. I just cut it because it was so random, and maybe that's how they view this program as random. So maybe they no, were just—that's <laughs> a good description. <laughs> maybe they were just trying to join into the uh, to the randomness. I'm offended that you think it's offended offensive. Oh to, no, to no. Collect baseball cards. I I don't. I just thought it was so random. I was just kind of feeling like that they were trying to. I, th- I felt like they were making fun of me. Not that I felt like well, I again. Why is that making fun of somebody? Well, no, I just felt like that. Maybe they. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I just kind of took. I, mm-hmm. I took Still that offended. wrong. I took that wrong. No, I do. I have collected baseball cards. Mm-hmm. I do have a bunch of baseball cards, and I have uh, no problem with anybody that does. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. All right, Jamie. Um, man, there seems to be um, more more smoke. Uh, I don't know how much fire that's going to go with this, but. The University of Colorado seems to be on the verge of, you know, I think they're teetering uh, on the verge of becoming a, a Big 12 member. I, and I don't know if it's uh, so much as if but when. Uh, the Big 12 is hosting meetings this week in West Virginia. Um, you would you would think that Brett Yormark would update athletics directors about uh, what's going on, maybe not publicly, but certainly in those meetings. Um Colorado uh, seems to have uh, a, a ton of interest, and the thought process is that uh, this is being pushed in part by Deion Sanders, their new football coach, who uh, wants to be able to recruit in the state of Texas, which makes sense. I mean, that's where you know it's where a ton of talent is, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Colorado has history of being in the Big Twelve and the Big Eight and the Big Seven, you know, from basically 1948 to you know 2010, roughly. I think they were. Yeah, 2010. So they, they've been, you know, in this conference or been a part of it for, you know, a substantial number of years. Although not the last 13, uh, they won their national championship when they were a Big Eight member in 1990, and that of course uh, helped along by the fifth down game against Missouri. I actually met a guy in Lubbock last week, who was a student at Missouri and was on the field getting ready to celebrate when that fifth down occurred. I thought that was I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> um, he was on the Missouri side of things, not on the Colorado side of things. Here's the deal for Colorado. I mean, if you just want to kind of get down to the 
nitty-gritty. If they join the Big 12, they and somebody else, let's let's just say it's Arizona or Arizona State or even Utah, um, I don't think you're going to need all four. Uh, you probably need two to join. Um, they would get, in 2025, provided they get a full slice of the pie, $31.7 million annually. And right now, it doesn't look like the Pac-12 is going to get anywhere near that close. And not that you would kind of do everything for money, because I'm sure that with that jump to the Big 12 is going to come some increased travel expense or things along those lines. Um, but, man, it sure would help pay a lot of bills. I can imagine, yeah. And it gets and That's in. why all these schools want to be in conferences that mm-hmm. have the big payday. Yeah. Yeah. So they um, can build better and nicer facilities and attract mm-hmm. better athletes mm-hmm. and take care of their athletes and ultimately make a bunch of money in their athletic department. And the other thing that um, that Brett Yormark wants, uh, the commissioner of the Big 12, is he wants, apparently, schools in all four time zones, which would allow them to, you know, East Coast, Central, Mountain, what, you know, West Coast time. So it would allow them to kind of dominate. Purposes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and when we say TV purposes, it's TV purposes for football. So... Yeah, well, surely not for baseball for them since they don't have a team. Also, yeah, oh, that would maybe they would maybe they would get one. I doubt it. You doubt it? Yeah, <laughs> it'd be a special league for them in Iowa State. Special. Yeah, I got a special place in my heart for them too. Well, I mean, it's yeah, it may be a great place for you to go hiking. I mean, that would be that'd be super duper. But anyway, the bottom line is that that could be something that could uh, that could come about. Um, Barry Trammell, who um, you know likes to have his ear close to things, he works for the Daily Oklahoman. He had written in a column last week, and I'd read this that uh, Colorado is ready to commit joining the Big Twelve soon. Uh, Colorado's uh, athletics director said he has no comment other than what I said last week. That's uh, Rick George. He said this: "We are proud members of the Pac-12. In a perfect world, we'd love to be in the Pac-12." But we also have to do what is right for Colorado at the end of the day. Okay. Sounds like he's uh, open for business. <laughs> that sounds like he's open for business, yes. Yeah, I mean, it is It is surprising that here we are getting ready to start the month of June and the Pac-12 still doesn't have a media deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and it's this not like... It doesn't bode well for him. No, it's, it, and the, the problem for them is is that they have all this, um, you know, in the old supply and demand, you know, they got a ton of supply and not very much demand because, you know, everybody else is kind of partnered up with whether it's, you know, the Big 12 or the Big 10 or the SEC or the ACC, even though the ACC boys and girls aren't that happy with their deal now. I mean, they're, they're married for a period of time and it's going to be real difficult to for them to kind of undo that knot, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's crazy uh, when you think about the whole deal. Uh, this, Colorado coming back after they dissed the Big 12 once. That's like remarrying the woman you divorced a couple of years ago. Never works out well. Is that personal experience or just kind of what you've heard? Or 
anything like that. Did you ever date somebody that you had broken up with? Like really broken up with, like, you know, said, hey, we're done. Or she said, hey, we're done. And then like months later or a year later or two years later, then you went back and eh, she wasn't quite so bad. Yeah, I think I did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it wasn't, probably wasn't quite so great the second time around. It was fine, whatever. <laughs> it was fine, okay. I think I moved away, and that's why. Okay, you moved away. And that's the that's first fine. time, and that's why oh. we went our separate ways. Yeah. Yeah. Distance uh, makes the heart grow fonder sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you don't appreciate anything. I'm not talking about my mm -hmm. high school relationship here, okay? Sure, I understand I, that. I'm talking about Colorado. Maybe sometimes you re realize you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you realize what you had was not that bad. Yeah. You know, in, and and I, initially, I don't think they made the wrong decision. I mean, it was good in the Pac-12, but mm -hmm. just now the Pac-12 is, the time. is mm -hmm. not good anymore. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of sad. I do too. I think it's kind of sad. I mean, Pac-12 is a long-standing conference, mm -hmm. and um, I don't know. It just feels like there needs to be a conference on the West Coast with West Coast teams and. I don't know, this is it's a little bit sad, but that involves USC and UCLA. I mean, yeah, primarily. I mean, yeah. it, it is what it is. It, yeah, it's kind of like not gonna lose any sleep over it. Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like here. I mean, it's disappointing to see A and M and Texas, you know, leaving the Big Twelve. I mean, you, mm -hmm. I I get the it's A and M more care than, as much about that. You don't? I don't. I really don't. Okay. Mm -hmm. I I I I don't. I hate it because I like the rivalries. Mm -hmm. I've always not that I like the schools or anything. I mean, I just I like the I like the rivalries and the the long standing history. And I've kind I, of enjoyed not having to deal with the Aggies as much. Okay, and so I feel like I'll be the same way with the Longhorns. Okay, I just I just hate the fact that your longtime traditional rivals, you know, and you and, and again and you know I I dislike TCU more than I dislike. Texas. Mm. Okay. Somebody says this. Can we give West Virginia and UCF to the ACC? Yeah, West Virginia. I mean, they had their own little rivalry going, and they're trying to restart it with uh, Pittsburgh in the backyard brawl. It's just, it's just not the same one. It's not a conference foe. Uh, somebody corrects me. It's not the Daily Oklahoman anymore. Just the Oklahoman. Okay. Thank you, Barry, for listening. I want to be accurate, Jamie. So I want to be. Do you? Yes, I do. Okay. I want to be accurate. It's <laughs> good. I literally know that. <laughs> uh, this uh, from Dennis Dodd. Uh, he's uh, quoting uh, somebody here. It says Colorado and the Big Twelve have met face to face while involved in consistent talks over a period of months. Dennis works for the CBS uh, CBSSports dot com. Um, his report noted it was also made clear that a move to the Big 12 would not be made without the support of football coach Deion Sanders. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we shall see. But $31.7 million a year will <clears throat> probably make you look at something more than once. I'm also not excited to deal with the Deion Sanders show. Oh, no. But, you know, that I think that will be short-lived um i don't think i think five years from now he'll be 
he'll either be wildly successful and move on to a more even more prominent quote football school or he'll be he'll be out of coaching my guess is more that he'll be out more than he'll be moving on to a bigger job this is the morning drive podcast from double t 97.3 presented by cantex roofing and construction this morning on the morning drive good morning with Jamie Lint and Brendan Riker. I'm Chuck Hines. Great to have you with us today on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. We will crack the code on Thursday. Okay, that's tomorrow, Jamie. And the, the code will be worth $5,000. All right? Nice. It's uh, from Double T 97.3 in the home zone where they make your house a home. We'll be at two docks starting at six. So here's the deal. If you've played the game or registered to win the game or qualified, whatever, show up at two docks. We'll get you signed in. You could win $5,000, but you got to crack the code. Also, if you didn't bother to get signed up and didn't bother to play and you ignored our opportunity to be a part of our fine contest where we gave 1000 bucks away every week for five weeks, and we're going to give somebody else $5,000. <clears> Those of you that ignored us and said, nah, gave us the Heisman, you know what? We still want you to play. And you can still come down to Two Docks. You can have a cold beer or whatever. Enjoy the camaraderie of your fellow fans of Double T 97.3 and Texas Tech and Texas Rangers, Dallas Cowboys. You can cuss and discuss. We can all speculate on uh, what's going to happen on Friday in Florida. And um, Jamie, unfortunately, won't be there to shake your hand. We, we, you know, we could, you could zoom in if you'd like. Would you rather me be there and the Red Raiders not be in the postseason? No, no, no. So let's not say unfortunately then. Okay. Well, I mean, just unfortunately, you can't be at two places at the same time. Cannot. But we're going to qualify 10 people who ignored our pleas opportunities to be a part of this and you would have an opportunity to crack the code okay and what they're going to do is they're going to bring you up on stage and you're going to say hi my name is jennifer or jennifer is going to say you're going to name your name is jennifer jennifer you might be introduced by a jennifer and what is your code and you're going to say one two three four five and you're going to say eh. you got maybe one one right and then we'll be on to sam and then we'll be on to gino and then we'll be on to mario and Elizabeth, and Homer, and Maria, and any number of people until somebody finally cracks the code. And when they crack the code, we're going to give you $5,000. Okay? And it's all tomorrow over at Two Docks, downtown here, you know. You know where they are? Just about a block or so to the east of us. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, here in downtown Lubbock, and um, you could really kind of fund your vacation or jumpstart a college fund or, you know, down payment on a new car or used car or new furniture over at the home zone. They've got stuff over there for you. Nice. Okay. Really nice stuff. But anyway, we would invite you to come and be a part of it. And um, who knows? You may... Walk away with $5,000. We've had that happen before on these things that we've done at, at Two Docks where somebody just kind of, what do you think, Maude? Should we go? 
okay, Earl will go. And lo and behold, Earl's won a trip or Earl's won some cash or Earl won a, you know, opportunity to have lunch with Jamie. Okay. What if we did that? What if we gave that as one of the kind of the bonus prizes? Lunch with you. I'm game. Okay. Come over here and sit in Jamie's office and have lunch with him. Then we'd probably go to a restaurant. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's uh, that's tomorrow over at Two Docs as we uh, conclude our Crack the Code contest brought to you by Double T97.3 and the Home Zone. All right. Um, Tim Tadlock, he is the skipper of the Texas Tech baseball team. And I guess my the first thought is, is um, he was asked this question, and I would say, well, you've leaned on these guys an awful lot um, already to perform on the field. Uh, I don't know how much more you can uh, ask them to lean on others, but he was he was asked about younger players leaning on older players in this tournament. Yeah, I think it is important to lean on each other and uh, be together. And, um, you know, really proud of these guys to put us in this position. And here, we're sitting here a month ago, your RPIs in the mid-60s and really not sure what once of game we really needed to win and had to win to get in this position and they're there to be commended for that because i mean you've had a lot of young guys jamie that have that have had to participate and make significant contributions which on one hand it's like great for the future but the hour is now and you had to you had to rely on them from the from the get-go this season yeah absolutely and so you are in a situation where you're you're saying okay you've played enough games now you've uh, uh we shouldn't be talking about players being young or players being freshmen we shouldn't be talking about you know getting things figured out it's time to have it figured out at mm-hmm. this point so you you've been around these things for a long time in terms of going to the NCAA tournament and kind of seeing the difference between a let's just say a, a non-conference classic or tournament setting or even a non-conference away setting or and, and conference it it all kind of ratches it up is that kind of how you see it that everything kind of builds to to a crescendo and then you get to the to the ncaa baseball tournament and it it takes it to another level too doesn't it yeah absolutely it should mm-hmm. right you, you get mm-hmm. a little bit more dialed in you understand the urgency of the situation now uh, i i think that that's maybe one of the things that you could knock about this team is they always haven't always looked like they've had that same fire in the hot in the eyes every day, and they haven't always been able to sense that, you know, any kind of urgency. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe a little bit frustrating because of the inconsistencies. Here's uh, Coach Tim Tadlock on what his message is, and I guess will be to first-time tournament players on his team. I mean, it, it is still just the game of baseball and. Generally, when guys get in trouble in this game, they try to do too much, whether that's, you know, whether you're feeling a ground ball deep in the sixth or not and out and he put it in your pocket or try to throw a ball too hard or hit it too far. Um, it's like anything you do, you know, you're trying to stay within yourself and stay stay present as best as you can. And um, I don't know if y'all saw the little video about Gabe Holt talking about just be who you are. I, I saw it sometime on the bus ride. You know, that's what you want baseball players to do, you know, play to their strengths and uh, control the strike zone on both sides of it, uh, play good, sound baseball. Almost sounds like they need a little movie night maybe on the way to 
Gainesville today of having Hoosiers on in the in the plane for everybody. Oh wow, that'd be entertaining. And maybe Coach Tadlock gets to Gainesville and gets his tape measure out and says to to Jay Bob or Coach Gardner or even Coach Hayward, "How many feet you got there?" <laughs> Sixty feet six inches, Coach. Mm-hmm. How many feet you got there? Ninety, Coach. You like that? That's good. You like that? That's good. Impressed that I knew that the numbers like that. I'm always impressed with you, Chuck. <laughs> every day. But I think I think there is something to be what he said, though. And you hear coaches talk about this: do do your job, you know, and don't try to do too much. And you know, you got to rely on the guy to your left and the guy on to your right uh, to make a play too, and not try to. Not try to overcompensate for somebody else, and that, and that's hard. If you're a really good player and you're you're playing next to a guy, maybe that's in his first tournament, I would think maybe the tendency would be to try to help him out, even though he may not need that help. Yeah, you got to make sure you're taking care of yourself first, doing your job, mm-hmm. not worrying about others. But at the same time, yeah, uh, that. But you know, you don't have a lot of veterans on this team when it comes to off the offensive side of things, so. Uh, those guys are few and far between on, on this squad. Uh, one more thing from uh, Coach Tadlock. He was asked about Kyle Robinson. Do you expect him to start again this weekend? I think the answer is obvious, but here's what Coach Tadlock had to say. It sure seemed like it, Jamie. I mean, we hadn't really we discussed it on the bus coming home. We haven't for sure solidified it, but it sure seemed like it. It sure seemed like, you know, game two, game one or two, be be doing. There you go, game one or game two. So, yep. you know, he, he, he started off with his pat answer of game two, but then you could kind of hear the click. Oh, maybe it may be game one. <laughs> got to be, got to be a little careful here. It could be game one. Sure. You know, and wouldn't, wouldn't that be interesting? The matchup changes things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't it be interesting, you know, if Kyle Robinson goes out there and, man, the best, the best thing either one of those guys could do, Jamie, is throw six innings, right? And leave you in a position where you oh, either nine ahead. would be better. Well, sure, yeah. <laughs> sure, but I mean, being realistic, right? If I guess Molina could get into the seventh, but for Kyle Robinson, if he got six innings, if you got six innings out of him, and you'd be pleased as punch, you'd take that right now, wouldn't you? Well, as long as it was, you know, good six, the, yeah, yeah, good six. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like seventeen to nothing or something, right? Yeah, no, I got you. Uh, Jamie's question of the day is next here this morning on the morning drive. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Next, Jamie's question of the day. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. You have a question for me and Brennan and our fine listening audience? I sure do. Okay. Fire away. And I'm going Red Raider football today. Okay, good. I like that. My question for you guys today is what position group mm-hmm. are you the most confident in mm. for the Red Raiders? Okay. Well, the I, I feel like um I feel like the low hanging fruit is uh, quarterback. <laughs> But it's a group of two, so I don't know. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's a big enough. If that's a big enough group, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that that is that is not a big enough group. It uh, can be. I mean, which I, position? I would tell you. 
I think I'm really confident in the uh, in the receiving core. I think I think that you've got a pretty good group right now where you feel like, and I would include tight ends in that to a de- to a degree. But I I just think with your ability to catch the ball with Miles Price and and others, you know, I just think that that's a that's a real position of strength. And when you have quarterbacks like Tyler Shuck and and Baron Morton ready to throw it to him, I think you're going to be able to extend the field because I think your offensive line is going to be um, substantially better. And when we say substantially better, as good as you've had. Uh, but then you you look at J.J. Sparkman, Jaran Bradley, the new guy, Dre McCray, that everybody seems to be just all up, you know, excited about. Uh, Loic Fungi, um, who I think is – uh, headed for potentially a, a really big year after being kind of hampered. So I'm going to say the wide receiver core. Okay. I, w- I wanted to say the wide receiver core as well. And, and I you do can. Agree you're allowed. Chuck. Okay. It just, I, I know it's painful to agree with Chuck, but you're allowed to. <laughs> okay. I didn't know what I was allowed to, or that's kind of taboo on this show. It's like, well, it's not. It's not a conventional thinking. We, question, we do question your sanity when you agree with Chuck. It's not conventional thinking. Well, either way, I, I do agree that it's going to be the wide receiver core that's probably right now the the position group that I'm most confident in entering this upcoming season. I'll, I'm also kind of confident in the running back group. I know we got a couple guys in the backfield that can help establish a, a solid run game offensively. So it's for me, it's either got to be wide receivers or the running back group. Okay, well, I, I think Taj Brook and Cameron Vale does definitely give you a reason to have a lot of confidence in them. I uh, agree with, with Brennan with that. I agree with both of you guys on the wide receiver position. I, I think that um, you do have a lot of different guys at the wide receiver spot who have the potential to be really good, better than maybe even they were last year in, in some cases with Jerem Bradley. I definitely think Miles Price is going to have a better year this year. Uh, than he had last year. Same thing with Fungi, and I'm excited about the addition of Dre McRae, too. So, I mean, just right there, I mean, you can see there's plenty of talent there. There's, there's a lot of guys to get the ball to. Yeah, no question. I, I'm sorry, I'll take the low-hanging fruit. I think I'm most confident in the quarterback position. Okay. I mean, I think, I think you have two guys who, mm-hmm. are in, who can play at a high level for you. So, um, you know, I don't think that you're going to be in a situation where you're having to play three regular like we have in years past, I mm-hmm. think sooner or later that's going to turn, and you're going to see the Red Raiders have some some luck as far as injuries go at the quarterback position. But I think you can win a lot of games with either one of these quarterbacks. So um, that's the position I look at and say, yeah, that's that's where I'm most confident. You know, you you, you would think that you would be due for some luck, um, given the the no matter who the head coach has been uh, struggles at keeping your quarterback healthy. But don't don't you think that kind of starts with what you've kind of forced them to do uh, because of the offensive line, the position that you've, that you've put some of those guys in because they've had to run the ball a little bit more or they've wanted to run the ball a little bit more or they've been beat up a little bit more. All, all those things kind of lead to you know, some of those injuries that your, that your quarterback has suffered. Uh, we have two different folks, Jamie, off the Yates Flooring Center chat line that have said defensive line, mm-hmm. uh, including Syntex Hanks, who says, going to sound strange, I'm most confident in the D line, they're going to be stout. Yeah, I, 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 I can see what you're saying there. Um, 
And, you know, the thing, you know, as you were going through all those names, and then I'll give you the names on the on the defensive line because um, some of these guys are obviously very familiar with what you have with your football team, Jalen Hutchings and Tony Bradford and um, guys like that, you know. Um, and then you've got some, some guys that are coming in, Trayvon Al- McAlpine and Blake Burris and, you know, other guys that are going to be a probably a, Tanner Allen, he's a redshirt freshman. Robert Wooten, um, he's a familiar name. But the thing that I kind of, as you go through this roster, uh, no matter the position group, that excites me about this upcoming season is there's a lot of familiar names. And there have been times over the last 10-plus years where you're like, who are these guys? You know, um, part of it's because of the transfer. Part of it's because of the coaching change that you just – naturally have you know changes within your roster because one coach has a style of play for this versus another coach um, and brings in some guys that he knew from various stops, whatever. But the thing is, is that you kind of look up and down this roster and it's littered with names that are like, oh yeah, I remember him, I remember him, I remember mm-hmm. him. We've kind of grown up, kind of had an opportunity to grow a little old with some of these guys, which sure. is which is cool. Which is which is which is, is very nice. Which is part of the yeah. Which is part of the attraction of of, mm-hmm. of sports and college sports. And I agree completely. You know, and and you start looking at things and going, okay, yeah, Dadrian Taylor Demerson. Yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, I know who that guy is. You know, and they they get out there and all those kinds of things. And Rashad Rashad Williams and um, you know, just kind of going through the through the roster here. Malik Dunlap and you know other. Other guys um, that you kind of look at, you know, the defensive line or the offensive line, you know, the running backs, wide receivers, you know, all those linebackers, especially, um, where you feel like, man, I feel like that, feel like we got something here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've talked about this, you know, internally and externally, um, that, you know, you kind of look at this upcoming football season. It is probably as anticipated a college football season as we've had. In terms of what you feel like you can have success on this on the field, certainly you had a lot of uh, anticipation going into last year's season because of of Coach McGuire and the energy that he brought, and coming off the bowl win over Mississippi State, and kind of felt like you'd kind of made a turn, uh, but you feel like you made another turn last year, you know, at five and four in the Big Twelve, and and winning your bowl game, and now you're now you're really trying to make a turn where you can compete at the top of the of the big 12 and maybe put yourself in, in position to play for the right to play for a championship or heck even play for one, or at least, you know, I mean, could you get to six wins in the big 12? Yeah. I think it's, I think it's very doable. I think you're going to walk into virtually every game next year as you sit here today on May the 31st. And you're going to feel like, Hey, we got a chance to win that game. You'd like to think so. I mean, obviously the course of the season could, could change your opinion on that. Mm-hmm. But. Um, sitting here today, looking at the team on paper, looking at the uh, um, looking at the roster that you have, the experience that you have coming back, the experience in key spots, uh, the additions that you've made, the momentum from the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you 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 surely go into the season feeling like, man, if we play really well, we could win any of those. Yeah, yeah and and, yeah. and and here's the other thing is, I don't think you have to play your very very best to to win. Any or all of those. I think you. I think if you play good and you and you do the things that you, you know, want to do and you know get turnovers and don't turn it over and 
don't have stupid penalties and don't have injuries. But my point is that I don't think you have to play at your peak performance in order to win. And there have been mm-hmm. so many times when you're like, man, we have got to have fill-in-the-blank player who has got to be at the top of his best every single game in order for us to have a chance to win. Uh, somebody says this, position group rankings. Uh, D-line, defensive backs, quarterbacks, wide receivers, that's one, two, three, four. Then running backs at five, linebackers at six, O-line at seven, and tight ends at eight. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Thanks for being with us this morning with Jamie Lent and Brennan Riker. I'm Chuck Hines. Nice to uh, have you along today here on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. The uh, mobile app is uh, available to you along with the Visual Edge IT hotline. We come to you this morning from the First United Bank studio. And uh, again, look forward to hearing from you today. So um, I I asked this question more for those of us that are on the outside looking in, you know, on this at this baseball team. And, and it seems like a rather mundane question, but I think when you talk about you know, your first time and playing in the NCAA tournament, it's probably really important to, for the baseball team, as much as possible to keep the routine the same, right? I mean, in terms of kind of how you do things and how you go about your travel and arrive and preparation. My, my guess is the tendency might be that you get a little amped up and your surroundings are maybe a little bit different. You've got maybe more people around the program, but probably for each one of those players and coaches – probably really important to kind of keep your head on straight and try to stay within your your normal routine as much as you can yeah i would say that for every that every coach wants that in every support in every situation right you're, you're just mm-hmm. trying to hey don't make it bigger than it is mm-hmm. um don't i mean i mean do basically just treat this like another game mm-hmm. you know you can't get outside yourself and get overly excited and start doing things differently you just um just it it definitely has um implications at the end of the day you know with what happens but and you know that you got to win or your season comes to an end but at the same time you can't suddenly change who you are yeah and or kind of change the way that you go about things or but, do things right but i don't think that changes in basketball or football or whatever no, I, I mean, I, every coach wants the yeah. routine to be there and you want them yeah. to practice like they practice and get ready like they get ready. You know, and I guess the, the I guess the, the biggest thing is, you know, with, with baseball, you're you're not in and out, right? I mean you're you're in and you're you settle in for a few days. I mean with, with football or with basketball, generally speaking, you're in and out pretty quickly, you know, of town. But with you know, with baseball you're 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 going a little bit earlier than what you normally would, so you have a little bit more time on your hands, but also you have the whole team together so that everybody can kind of, kind of get focused and get get ready and all those kinds of things. I mean, it may be trivial, but I just, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting to kind of see how teams try to stay doing what they did in, you know, whether it's basketball, doing what you did in January, what you're going to do in March, or doing baseball wise what you did in April to make sure you're doing that in June, so to speak. Yeah, you know, I mean it's mm-hmm. it's common sense, but I think I think sometimes it's I think sometimes maybe it's a little bit easier said than done. 
Uh, and I oh, think, I think it's absolutely easier said than done when it comes to keeping the routine. Mm-hmm. I mean, and avoid the distractions and all that. There's just so much, so many more distractions this time of year compared to just a regular old weekend series. Yeah, you probably have more parents around mm-hmm. or more friends around mm-hmm. or girlfriends. I mean, or you even whatever. dealt with that last week. Yeah, where it's different at the Big Twelve tournament. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so we talked a little bit about this um, RPI situation and. You know, you there's always going to be teams that feel feel like that they deserve to be in, or always going to be teams that are going to look at this and go, "Hey, this team got in, and we we beat them, or we had a better, you know, tougher schedule than they did, or t- tougher conference." I think with the addition of the four additional um, teams in basketball, particularly on the men's side, of going up to 68 you hear less whining and complaining about teams that didn't get in. Sure. For, for whatever reason, that extra four teams, I think if if you're not if you're not in the top sixty eight, there's there's a there's a real reason. Uh, you either a you got upset and you were in a one bid league, and you might have had a great season, but at the end of the day, your strength of schedule didn't compare to what somebody in the Big Twelve or the SEC or the Big Ten. Uh, ACC, whatever. Um, but I think those extra four teams, and I think too much was made on Selection Sunday in the past of teams that didn't make it as opposed to teams that did make it. Seems like there was more, in other words, outrage by some of who didn't make it versus as to who did. Somebody's always going to be upset. Yeah, but I think that's, I think that's lessened. Uh, but here's what Pete Hughes uh, had to say. Uh, with regard to the NCAA baseball selections. Here's the full quote. The Division I baseball committee and the system failed K-State, our program, and our seniors. It was obvious that the committee overemphasized the RPI, a flawed metric. The regional disparities of the RPI are glaring and still were used as a tool to form, shape, and make decisions. The most important criteria that that has zero gray area is head-to-head competition. It's definitive. Someone wins and someone loses. We were left out in place of two teams that we finished ahead of in overall conference play and also two teams we beat head-to-head. Why play the games if the records aren't valued? When did we stop rewarding winning? It's inexplicable and disappointing. Our players and community deserved better. It's hard to disagree with that. I, I completely agree with what he's saying. And that, uh, again, you know, I, I just hate the thought of, you know, teams that finish really well in a power conference. But, okay, well, they didn't, they weren't great in their midweek. Okay, well, it, it, midweek is a different deal. I mean, it's midweek pitching. It's it's a different deal. And I know it's t- still supposed to matter. But if you're winning a bunch of games in a power five conference, and man, that should matter, you know. Mm-hmm. And and you're you're looking at what K State, what they did, and you know who they faced off with in the conference, and those teams that again, there's five teams that got in, and you know Kansas State finished in front of from the Big Twelve. There's six teams that got in, and Kansas State finished, um, you know, behind or in front of two of them. And so I can understand. I mean, I really do get their frustration because they finished in front of them and they won the head-to-head series. Yeah. I mean, it's just 
And and again, like I told you, I I think, you know, I think Texas Tech would have won that series if it was in Lubbock, but it wasn't. It was in Manhattan, and they mm-hmm. won it. Yeah, they won it. Next year, you'll get to host them, and you can have the benefit of, oh well, Texas Tech won the series, blah blah blah. But no, it was in Manhattan. They won it, and um, I, I don't know. I just. Again, I don't think this would have knocked out Texas Tech. I think this would have knocked out Oklahoma. Um, but I, it's just, <laughs> maybe I would have felt differently if that was the case. Uh, Homer and Jamie would have come out. But Oh, if uh, Tech had gotten knocked yeah. out and K-State had gotten yeah. put in. And yeah. I don't particularly care for Pete Hughes, to be honest with you, but I, I think he's right here. It's it's hard to argue against that. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the most important thing? Yeah. Oh. And again, it's not like he, you know, well, they played a weak conference schedule. No, they played the same conference schedule as everybody else. Yeah. 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 I just, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. Uh, somebody says this and, and rightfully so. And who knows? They may be losing their mind in Manhattan. Um, if tech was K state, this town would be absolutely losing their minds. A- absolutely. Yeah. No question. I surely would. Yeah. No, no question. There'd be. There'd be a tremendous outrage, and and maybe there is in Manhattan. Um, I I don't know the there's there they've not had the obvious baseball success that uh, that we've had here, but I mean they're passionate about their school, they're passionate about their teams, uh, just like any college town would be, mm-hmm. and maybe even more so because it's smaller. Um, and they've, they've done a good job with their program. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.